Hello, I am Mubina Khan, your host for today, and I have with me two of my seniors. Hi, my name is Yash Dave, and I am a senior in IB2. Um, I like a range of things, um, like mathematics and debating the most esoteric of things to literature as well, in this case. Hi, I'm Joel Matthew, and I'm also in IB2. And just like Yash, I also have a wide variety of interests. I especially like maths, philosophy, physics a lot. Uh, and I also enjoy good art, especially good literature, music, movies. They were both ICAC students who now take IB literature. So naturally, my first question is, how different did you find the classroom environment when it came to studying IB literature compared to when you were studying ICAC literature? I think um, the new classroom en environment was different in so many ways from what we were used to in ICSC. Uh, it was a lot more discussion oriented and very open-ended. Um, and I think one major difference is that in ICSC, there's always a very direct and straightforward way to answer any question that you may, you may encounter. But um, for IB, it was a lot more on, uh, on discussing, of course, but also giving your opinions, uh, drawing inferences on your own and being uh, being a bit investigative, uh, finding things from the text and uh, using that to support your conclusions. I think additionally, like by virtue of being a literature student, which historically like isn't picked by as many students, uh, I also got to experience a lot smaller class size, which also supported this discussion environment Joel talked about. And what I'd add on to that is this whole concept of presenting and testing your speaking skills. So normally with like English and all, I was used to this whole thing of writing answers, practicing how to like frame different answers. But here there was this also speaking component to it. So even before we ever approached our individual oral, which just finished like two weeks ago now, even like in our first year of IB, we presented on various topics from Gatsby and even later on, like it kept coming up again. And I think that was a real departure from what I had previously done. Since it's very discussion based, do you have any advice for people who are very shy, who don't like speaking in public? So what I'd say is, you know, baby steps, just start in small increments, just try to speak a little, a little bit more and just, you know, bit by bit. Uh, day after day, you'll get better at it. I don't think anybody, you know, starts off being this really good orator or speaker or um, or being very conversant, but you get better every day. Yeah, I think specifically in literature classes, like this notion of inclusiveness is always supported. So it just requires like that first little push. And once you start speaking, you'll find that like everyone has so many unique perspectives to offer. I think often... The reason most people don't speak is partially A, because they are afraid, but secondly, also because they feel like they're not adding to the discussion, which I think is completely false. Like, especially when you study like a whole range of works, a lot of which are very subjective in interpretation. I think just taking that first step and sharing your opinion can really foster a lot of discussions. There are orals in ICSE as well. So... How similar do you think the orals of both the curriculums are? And what were your personal takeaways after the most current one that you did? In IB, it's 
uh, it's a lot more complex, but also a lot more rewarding. There's a, there's a lot more structure to the oral. You you get to you get to pick like two texts and you have to follow these rules. But then also there's more scope for interpretation. There's like a whole universe of topics and ideas that you can talk about. And uh, they're they're looking for, for more depth really and more sort of originality and independence of thinking. Once again, it's not what you say or what you believe, but how well you support it in regards to like how you analyze your text. I think yeah. Once again, that's and that that's what makes it more fun and enriching experience. I think additionally, like I recall that my ICSC like oral topic was um, the ends justify the means. Do you agree or disagree? And it was like a short, like I don't remember the timing, but it was a short speech on that with like one day preparation. And so like I did find like, okay, sure. Like there is this subjective element here and you do have like this concept of sort of like justifying your belief, whether that's through a personal anecdote or whatever else. However, in IB, I feel like this was even more open-ended. So, uh, like, when I look at the topic of my oral, I wasn't necessarily given that topic, but rather I chose to explore. So, I think the IB allows students to take greater ownership for this learning in this case. Since IOs are global issue-based, as a consequence of them, we get very subjectively depressing books because each one of them has some sort of global issue present in them. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think that this enriched you as a learner, that you learned more about the world and you were more in touch with global issues? Or do you think that there should be a variety of brighter books as well? This is a very profound question. I'm glad you asked this. Um, When it comes to, you know, subjectively depressing books. I think, I mean, it's important to keep in mind that conflict is always a part of stories and like conflict is essential to every story. It's always some kind of problem or issue or something wrong with the world that drives a story and that motivates a character to uh, undertake whatever adventures they do in whatever books we read. So, and it's even all the more enriching when, you know, these stories and the conflicts presented in these stories um, mirror or parallel a lot of issues we face in the real world and and in real life. Even the more sort of darker and soul-searching books like The Stranger by Albert Camus. I think it's one, one other really transformative aspect of reading such books is that they make us question what we know and either we sort of discard whatever old beliefs we had that didn't seem to make sense, uh, that at least don't seem to make sense once we have read such books, or we strengthen our convictions even further once they are tested against such books. As for the case of should we have brighter books, we can't simply judge a book as being dark or depressing uh, in, in all aspects. Maybe it does end on a note of hope or whatever it is, or in a more positive frame. Maybe perhaps we could do with some books that a counterpoint to the more darker and soul-searching books we read. I think I'd add that to an extent this already happens within two-year programs. So like when we look back at like the first year with like Julia Ma'am and the type of books we covered and the like the specific poems we chose from each of the authors, there was like a, a, a variety within that. So like yes, on one hand you have Great Gatsby, technically it ends on a note where a death happens no spoilers with names or anything but while it does end on that note 
as a whole, the book explores a lot of settings, right? You have your party scenes, you have introspective scenes, you have romantic shots in there. And so again, it's a variety of tones and moods within the work itself. And so I don't think it would be fully fair to categorize it as a depressing book per se. Um, but even otherwise, when we look at the whole range of works being covered, I think there is already a fair amount of diversity in, within that. And as Joel said, the most compelling stories are normally like built out of analyzing some form of conflict, even if it isn't on a global scale, even if it's just a dilemma or a choice one person is facing and the internal struggle they have. I think it's still important to read and focus on those aspects. Touching on like, conflict analysis, analysis in general, did you have epiphany moments when you thought you finally grasped the meaning of a book or poem? Or is analyzing the works in IB, like The Stranger, a more gradual, slow process? I think it was more of a gradual, slow process for me. I think, you know, insight, once again, it happens in increments. Like, for example, I use The Stranger as one of my texts in the, in the IO. Before I set out and started, like, doing my notes and reading for the IO and everything, uh, I had, you know, s such and such apprehensions. But then when I read this specific text and I got to know about it deeper and even compared it against my other text, which was Master and the Boys, realized how certain details that Camus uh, put into the book, you know, the dialogue between Camus and um, the chaplain at the end, how it all serves to propagate or propound his views. I think for me, I would also largely agree with Joel. It is a lot of like a incremental process but there are like occasional epiphany moments that come up I think when you have those discussions with other people so or even without other people when you try and speak your thoughts out loud and you sort of go through the work again. Okay so there are a few things that both of you have mentioned we started with the classroom environments and then you just talked about differing opinions and Joel briefly mentioned the chaplain and the stranger so the question now is, what did you think about controversies in the class? Did you ever come across like classroom debates with controversial topics such as religion, where it's heavily in William Blake's poems and some other works, I think, even Thief and the Dogs. Do you think that in a classroom debate, do people actually change their mind? Or in debating, do they just get deeper and deeper into their own opinion? How can you make classroom discussions more constructive? Another very profound question. And Thank you. I think to start off with, um, it's never easy to change anyone's mind. Like opinions like are very hard to change, especially when you know they're strongly held. It's always important to have civil discussions about these things. And I do think we've had many sort of civil and unlike discussions which we try to keep as unbiased as possible. And we've tried to talk about, you know, a wide range of topics and from and from a wide range of perspectives and views. Once again, I think this is the case with books like The Stranger, like I honestly, personally, I don't agree with Camus, but I think him sort of eloquently putting his existentialist philosophy and lightning experience and it helped me understand like that view of the world. But then there are other other authors, you know, like Caroline Duffy. I think Caroline Duffy is like a great poet in that um, she can get into the heads of many different characters and, you know, wide variety of personalities as well. 
And so having this variety of opinion and perspective is always important. I think that's something that was achieved in our discussions. To add on, I feel like obviously all debates naturally end on a note of compromise. However, you obviously don't know the extent to which you've changed someone's mind. So I'd like to think of it as just how much has your view shifted a bit here or there? Because it's normally still bound to be in that ballpark range. What happens through the whole debating process is that you get to see a lot more evidence that you've tended to ignore, especially in like larger works or novels. I think you can sort of like cherry pick your own data and make a compelling case for why like why a lot of things are possible. But when you hear other people bring up their own evidence, it at least forces you to consider a wider range of their character and not how you initially perceived it. And so I think debating, even if you don't completely change someone's belief, has great value in the classroom. Talking about beliefs and perspectives, in areas such as DOK or other subjects, like both of you are taking math and physics HL, or areas outside of school in general, such as college applications, internships, how do you think English literature, like the IB course, helped you? Did it help you and in what ways? Like in my case, I'm someone who's applying for math in university. When you analyze how other authors build up their characters, develop their characters, what traits they tend to convey, and the whole concept of showing, not telling, I think all of that still carries over when you're trying to present yourself to someone else. And I think generally this is something that's also just seen across the IB program, but also specifically within literature, the whole practice of speaking and talking and through all your like oral presentations and all is emphasized. And I think this is useful because a lot of the time in the real world and in college and in a lot of these settings, it comes down to this concept of communication, right? You have all these thoughts and beliefs and it's about being confident confident enough to articulate them to other people. And that's something I feel literature has helped. In terms of uh, analysis and the analytical skill set, how long did it take you to shift your personal learning approach, the ICAC approach to the IB curriculum? How long did it take you to finally settle in and think, that you will be able to analyze an unseen text? It's an interesting question. Um, it's a very subjective thing uh, and you could be presented with really anything. So I think it's just, once again, it's a continual process. You're always improving your skill set when it comes to analyzing a text. So once again, you start off with whatever baseline knowledge you have, and then you incorporate, you incorporate that into the analysis of whatever text you're doing whatever you read informs whatever you will read later on. And so you get better and better at it. Like that, your toolbox improves and your capacity to analyze and extract and interpret meaning from different texts improves as well. Do you think you should go for a more unique type of analysis, something which has evidence, but it's very minority opinion? Or do you think you should play it safe and go with a more prevalent theme present in the work? Mm, this is quite interesting because... I've noticed that, personally speaking, I have a tendency to try to pursue like very idiosyncratic and extremely like, you know, um, unique points of analysis. Not, I'm not necessarily saying that I've been able to achieve it that perfectly, but at least I'm, that's what 
I try to do. Uh, but I think sort of the uniqueness of a point, it's, it's some, uh, I don't think it's something to get too held up upon. I think any, uh, any topic or point of analysis, um, and like as, you know, boring or plain it may, as it may seem on the surface, it can always be expanded into a unique way that you can sort of personalize and have true to yourself. So any, any sort of theme or idea you have developed, even if others have uh, figured it out before, there's always some new layer of depth uh, you can take it to. And I think uh, you should always be looking for that. Mm, I think it's something that also depends a bit. I don't think you should necessarily go for the minority opinion for the sake that it is unique. So it's a question of firstly, a, a what, interpretation do you personally connect with a bit more and secondly which interpretation is there more evidence for are you going to be convinced by your own analysis or are you just doing it for the sake of being different if you could go back in time and say one thing to your past self before starting the ib literature course what would it be tell myself to take it easy and not to stress out that's all uh since i had a lot of apprehensions at that time about whether I'd be able to, um, whether I'd be able to, you know, keep up with the academic rigor of the course. Um, I would tell myself not to stress out and that things would work out eventually. I also largely agree with those same lines. Like originally when I started the IB in September, I was technically a, a language student at the time. So I kind of went with the majority because like in my eyes, obviously, with subjects like math and physics, I didn't want something to be taking away my focus. But after a week or so, like I decided to take a child class in literature and like right after that, I swapped. Even in that week, I feel like there were like, if by Rudyard Kipling, like that poem uh, I missed out on. And generally to also move away from the concept of, oh, okay, this has an excessive workload that I may not be able to handle and more look at what I would just enjoy as a whole and like again similar to Joel here it really did work out in the end so I don't have any regrets as such. Yeah I think both our responses are just mainly chill and happen. Thank you both so much for taking time out of your day and sitting with us to do this podcast. Good luck with your college admissions and your IB2 workload. Thank you. Thank you. And to all those tuning in and still with us, thank you for your time. We hope this has been helpful and that you join us for the next podcast as well. This has been High School 101.